Welcome to this week's episode of Rosé and Review. Before we get started, don't forget to check out WeaverBeaverProductions.com and follow us on all of our social media. You'll also find out tons of ways to support our new parent company and podcast, including subscribing to our Patreon. Yes, our Patreon has finally launched. Make sure to check it all out after this episode. But first, a word from our sponsor. Unless you're paying for ad-free content on Patreon, then on to the episode. Hey, before this episode starts, I wanted to give you some exciting news. I'm quitting my job and content creating full-time. I know, it's a little ambitious, but here we are. Not only will I be doing Rosé and Review, but I'm launching four more podcasts in the next couple months, so keep an eye out for those on all my social media. The other thing I wanted to note before the episode starts is that we are currently recording for Season 4 episodes, so for the next couple of weeks I'll be publishing never-before-heard episodes that were recorded quite a while ago. I apologize in advance for the crunchiness of them, but bear with us and soon you'll be getting all new content and even better audio quality. I really appreciate all the support and I'm so excited that I'll be doing this full time for you. Now, let's dive into the episode. Welcome to this week's episode of Rosé and Review. I'm so excited, A, because I love the show and B, because I love my co-host, Joe Dongbang. We have been friends for so long. Oh, I love you so much. And like, I'm just loving that I'm getting to spend this much time with you. Like, But why don't you introduce yourself for those that are new and listening to this episode, and then we'll kind of dive into what show we're going to talk about. Sure. I am Josephine. <laughs> I did wear makeup for the first time in like a yeah. year. Looking cannot... snatched. Thank you. Yes, queen. Um, I can't believe my makeup isn't like rotten because I literally have not opened it since the pandemic. Ron Howard has seen me without makeup and the PJs. Like... Not not great. I love it. <laughs> also, I appreciate you putting on makeup for this. Thank you. Because in my calendar, but I do say get camera ready. Even though, look <laughs> at me. I put my shit in a ponytail today. I was like, oh, I'm going to give my hair. It's a whole thing. The weather. Is <laughs> um, continue. So sorry. <laughs> um, I mean, that's it. Yeah. I mean, we're yeah. friends from college. So today we're going to be talking about Killing Eve, which, so this is a show that the minute it came out, I was like, okay, what's going on with this show? And so I'm someone, I have a really hard time with um, program shows, right? Shows on like BBC, NBC, only because I'm a binger, right? We're Netflix generation, we're Amazon. Like even even when Amazon Prime and Disney do this fucking weekly thing, you're like, I'll follow along, but it pisses me off. So sometimes what I do is I start a show and then I don't watch it and I wait till it's over and then I binge the rest of it. Mm -hmm. That's what happened with Killing Eve is I started it and I was like, oh my God, I love this show. And then I was like, let me get a couple episodes stacked up so I can binge it. And then I forgot about it because there's TV everywhere. And there's a ton of TV. And then during the Emmys, I saw they got nominated. Like this was season one. They got nominated for a fuck ton of stuff. And I was like, oh, right. I watched that show. I need to go back and finish it before the Emmys. And I was like, this show is a show that I need to watch weekly because that's every fucking episode is intense. Mm -hmm. So this is the show we're going to talk about tonight. And very excited. I'm so excited. I like, like, it's just, it's such a great show on so many different levels. So for the first question, what brought you to the show? What made you watch the show? To your point, I had heard so many great things. Um, it was winning all the awards. Yes. Um, also, Sandra Oh is right. a queen, so had to support Goddess. her. Yeah. Goddess. Yes. Um, although I will say she's not my favorite character on the show. So I, we'll, we'll get into that, I guess. But mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely wanted to support her. 
among Absolutely. all the awards that it had gotten. Right, and she won the Emmy for lead actress in a drama series. So, and that was mm-hmm. huge, right? I think she's the first huge Asian Pro- woman, I think so. right? Yeah, I think I think so. Which which a is a is terrifying, a is terrible, but b is wow, so proud of her. But like mm-hmm. the Emmys can go suck a dick because you know whatever. <laughs> Emmys so white, obviously. Um, yeah. Um, and I and I want to talk on that. Um, yeah. First of all. Sandra Oh brought her mother to the Emmys wearing like a hanbok, which is a traditional Korean dress. So cute. And they panned to the mom a lot, which I was like so proud of. Um, There are so many great quotes from her speeches. Um, It's an honor just to be Asian. People are putting that on t-shirts these days. I'm about to get one. Yes, yes. Um, the fact that she always thinks her parents in Korean in her speeches, like it's just so yes. much empowerment. Like she's a queen. I please say god. something bad about her. I will come and kill you. A hundred percent. There is nothing bad to say about her. And I've loved her since the Grey's days. I mean, I watched Grey's in mm-hmm. high school, and I was like, well, this character is fucking my shit right up. Who is she? Because mm-hmm. I want to say that was one of the, her first shows. I don't remember I her before so. Grey's. Um, and she's been in a bunch of stuff since then. But Killing Eve, I think, is her first like lead like since maybe Grey's I mean she's been in a bunch of movies I'm not a big movie person so for those listening you know movies are not really my thing TV's my thing and this is what I think one of her bigger TV shows since Grey's mm-hmm. and what a role and again yes we'll get into this her character is a little bit of a piece of shit but um and I also have a lot of thoughts on her character as well as Villanelle so we'll get into that more but um yeah Sandra oh goddess obviously one of the reasons you should watch this is just because she is an actress, an actor supreme, right? We're supposed to use uh, gender neutral. She is an actor supreme. She's phenomenal. Like when I watched this show, I believe that she is an American transplant who married a Polish person. Like, I believe it. I'm not like thinking it's Sandra. Oh, like that is Eve Pulaski, Pulaski. Mm-hmm. And like, she's just, she's so brilliant in this show. Mm-hmm. She, she makes it, she makes the show. Her and Villanelle like make the show. Ooh, yes. hundred percent. Um, yeah, I think, you know, for me, the reason I started watching it was I love, I love murder stuff. <laughs> like, this is terrible. Really? Like, a little bit. So this is not a thing I don't think a lot of people know about me. Yeah. I love murder shit. Like I am someone who, this sound so terrible. I get it from my grandma. I am someone who's like, yeah, this would be a great place to murder someone. Not that I'm going to do it, but I'm like, if you're going to do it, this is the place to do it. You know, like I am someone, like my grandma, there's this story that I'll never forget. My grandma and grandpa used to live in Minnesota and they were driving down the road and Minnesota is supposed to be like the land of a thousand lakes, right? Like it's, there's a million lakes in Minnesota and they're driving down the road. And one time my grandma just looks out the window and she's like, you could kill somebody and throw them in one of these lakes and no one would ever find them. I'm like, that's how my brain works. Like, yes, I get this. So I love shows that explore that, like Mindhunter, Killing Eve, anything like that. I'm like, sign me the fuck up. I'm here for it. Um, I mean, our friend group does talk a lot about <laughs> murder. That's why I love our friend group. Like, they get it. No, and so I I love that stuff. Like, I am just like, when I saw that, I was like, because it's not a serial killer, right? Like, she's an assassin. But mm-hmm. it, it, it's it the first couple episodes in season one. We're going to talk specifically about season three today. But just to, like, give people the gambit of... You know, in season one, Eve's character is looking for a serial killer, right? Because it's these mm-hmm. connected murders. And I was like, yes, bitch, what is happening? I love this shit. So, such a great show. Um, 
So, you know, since we're talking specifically about season three, what were some major things that stuck out to you from this past season? Like, what were some things that really affected you or like, you know, stuck, like just were things that like, if you think about season three, you're like, yeah, that fucking point. To start, um, the season is like a little bit deeper into Villanelle's backstory and like, Mm -hmm. it really like humanizes her and like um, makes a little more sense of her decisions and her behavior, which is like one of the best parts about the show is her um they call her agent of chaos later which i thought was like a great yeah because that is Um, literally her in two words yeah 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 um i gotta admit it wasn't my favorite season it was good okay very strange it It was a slow burn i literally i started taking notes um in preparation of this and i was like i'm bored i wrote that really big Mm mm-hmm it was a very slow burn super slow burn for sure mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. was a season that like uh, we'll talk about a little bit more but i'm a little bit like i guess they're gonna have one more season i don't know what they're gonna do i literally couldn't tell you yeah and like i feel like there was like that subtlety of like villanelle and eve's like sexual tension and like this season everyone was like hey we all know like we know you're obsessed with her like in a sexual and plus way like I thought that was really weird. It was like such a different tone from like past seasons. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That was like the thing that struck me. So, and and I was going to talk about it later, but let's talk about it now. That is the, my biggest problem with this season is like the queer baiting is what I'm going to call it because they like, you know, for two seasons, I mean, it's, it's been queer baiting since the beginning, right? Like the minute Eve like and Villanelle kind of knew about each other there was this Mm -hmm. raw sexual tension and Mm -hmm. my problem is like there was there was the whole time I'm watching this I'm like queer baiting queer baiting and that's all it was the only moment that it wasn't queer baiting that I I felt and maybe this is just because I'm just looking for something but that I felt that there was some sort of like okay we're finally getting some sort of lesbian relationship from this or some sort of like you know queer relationship from this was um when they're in the dance hall or whatever and they're dancing together like that was they were like let's run away together like I could see us we're not going to grow old together but we're going to like hate each other and love each other so fiercely or whatever so like they do recognize the sexual attraction but I have a problem with shows that use that to like get their gay audience right there's a lot of shows there's a million shows like Supernatural like then this is like not a show that you would ever watch probably but there was these two male characters who were so alpha male but their te- their sexual tension was like insane joe like it was like crazy and the final season just happened last year and there was one moment that like tumblr and twitter went a buzz about like they said i love you and it was like oh my god like we're like so grateful and it's like why are we so grateful they said i love you like i want to see them like get out of bed together like, i want a fucking relationship you know what i mean i think i need to up my standards a little bit but i had a really hard time with that kind of like sexual tension between the two of them because I want it to either be genuine and not that it isn't I guess like I want to be careful on what I say it's not that it's not genuine but it feels from the writer's perspective a gimmick to get a different audience member I guess if that's what I'm you know saying Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so I felt that that's 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 what I wanted to say on that is that it bothers me because I want them to be together but at the same mm-hmm. point like now I'm like I don't want you to be together because I feel like it's not genuine enough or like it's not like it's not it's it's you're gonna be together because I want you to be together right because the audience is like begging for this like queer relationship I'm like is it 
is it truly a queer relationship or is it because we want it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I have a question. Yeah. So you know how this season opens up with like Villanelle getting married? Yes. Like, do you think that was like feeding into this like gimmick? So, situation? so that is a very good question. And uh, I love you so much. And I would say, no, it doesn't. Right. Because I think they set up pretty early that Villanelle is this very much uh, queer character. She, I don't, I wouldn't label her as bi. I would label her as queer. I don't know what she also labels are a fucking construct. So whatever, but I think she would probably be more queer fluid. And we knew that she slept with whoever. So I felt like them opening up with that was like very much just kind of within Villanelle's character. I guess what I have that problem with is Eve Pilastria. Like, I don't believe like it's, it's, it's just, it's just so weird. It's to me, it's not weird. It's, it's, I haven't found the reason yet why Eve is so obsessed with Villanelle. I haven't, like, even in the season finale, which we can talk about later, I didn't understand that obsession. Still didn't understand it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you just reminded me of, like, the conversation they have on the bridge of, like, Eve saying, like, you encourage the monster in me. And, like, is that a, was that enough for you? Like, or are you saying that it's, like, completely not enough at all? Well, and so I'm, I'm kind of like, what is that monster referring to, right? Because now they've introduced this whole new, new, and this is what I love about us. We are totally off my questions and I'm obsessed. Because now they've introduced Eve basically thought she killed Dasha, right? Like, mm-hmm. she's like, I'm a killer now. So is the monster that she is also a killer and Villanelle's a killer and that's their connection? Or is the monster that they are like queer and the, and, and queer and, and killers, right? Like, is it, I, and maybe that's what the writers are trying to do. The fact that they got me so unarticulate right now is like a plus, but I'm like, I'm struggling because I am trying to dissect it maybe more than it should be dissected, but I don't know what she meant by monster, right? Like, is it the monster, the killer, or is the monster someone who is so free-willed and is a killer, but is also like sexually open, right? Cause it, it a little bit like her husband, you know, I mean, I love Nico. God, I mean, love Nico. We're gonna have to talk about that. We should because I okay. have some I have some issues with Nico in the sense of like I love him a lot and I would marry him. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, is it that she it, she awakened something in Villanelle? Like Villanelle, Villanelle awakened something in Eve that was both sexual and like a killer. You know, like I don't mm-hmm. know what that comment meant, and it bothered me. <laughs> it bothered. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the way I I interpreted it was like the fact that not only is Eve this person that is capable of killing, but she's aroused by it. Not necessarily that it was like queer or as between her and Villanelle, but I just, yeah. um, Cause every time that- Sexual, go ahead. Sorry, sweetie. Yeah. Because I feel like every time in the past seasons, it was like, she was aroused at every like, you know, Villanelle holding a knife at her neck like things like that you know um so that's kind of how I interpret it but I can see where you're going to which makes me a little cynical now that you say it that way (laughs) well well, now that you've said it this way I'm like well maybe I'm being too harsh right like maybe I'm trying to trying to put something on the screen that isn't on the screen and maybe it is that she's just aroused by killing and Villanelle is a killing machine so obviously that would be an arousal machine arousal machine for her an arousal machine i don't know i don't know what else but maybe it's that like you know villanelle is just pure killing like she there are so many moments this season where it's like 
like I was watching this the last episode. I really didn't realize that I only got to like episode four of this season. And mm-hmm. yesterday I was like, fuck, I gotta finish this season. And so I watched most of it yesterday. And there are so many moments where it's like, how did the person who's with Villanelle not know that that thing was like, that, that she was gonna kill you or she was gonna attempt to kill you? Like if yeah. I'm with her, I'm always gonna have my hand on a knife because that bitch is obviously about to do whatever she's gonna feel to do. So maybe it's just that, like, the fact that she is pure killing and pure, like, doesn't give a fuckery is what makes Sandra O's Eve, like, so attracted to her. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, You know what? You've convinced me to go to the middle. I'm not on the side of, like, you know, but I'm less cynical than I was. I like this. I see what's happening. Okay. I'm here for this. (laughs) Um, So if you had to pick a least favorite part of this season, though, like, what would your least favorite part be? Um... I wish, and we already touched on this, I wish Eve was a little bit more likable. <laughs> so let's touch on a little bit more. Like what what exactly makes her unlikable for you? Um, okay, let me talk through her journey for this yes. season, first of all. Yeah. So she comes back from like um, getting shot by Villanelle, right? And she's uh, I think Nico like left her or like is he in rehab or something? I don't no, know. He left her. Okay. Where, what was that house he was in? Was that rehab? No, I think he just he went to Poland or whatever to get away. No, before, right? before he he like remember because she like went back and he they were like oh he um, self released. Oh my god, that's right. What was he in there for? Um, was it because his girlfriend got strangled in season two or was that season three? That was season two. So Nico was in a mental institution um, and that's, I think he released himself from there and went back home. So that's what it was. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah. But, you know, just, okay. So her destructive, you know, self-wallowing grief, like I get it. Like she went through a lot and anyone would be in that position, but I I guess it was just like, so not um, kind of the way I experienced grief. And so, it was a little hard to, and, and it was like, just so extreme. Like she was living in like this terrible situation where she shares a bathroom with like, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, it was really hard to watch the first few episodes. Cause we were just like wallowing in her grief, but also it wasn't like, I don't know, just, I didn't sympathize. Yeah. Is that terrible of me? Am no. I the monster? No. Cause she um, made a lot of fucked up decisions in season one and two, right? Like, She's not a character that you're like, oh, that's a good decision. You're like, no, bitch. (laughs) What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. It's your fault. 100%. But I will say that um, I really like the fact that she puts herself in these Korean spaces and, you know, brings awareness to the fact that there is a Korean community in... Yeah. Where are they? London. She's in London. London, right? Okay. They're in London. Yeah. Um, Villanelle's all over, but she's in London. Right. Um, Yeah. I love the fact that she was at a Korean market. And her diet was um, shin ramen and wine, which is like basically my diet. <laughs> David was saying that too. He was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Similar. <laughs> I love David. He's like, I see it. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I love that so much. And like specifically that brand of ramen too. It wasn't even just ramen. It was like that brand. That's the one I eat. <laughs> um, <laughs> if it had been the same wine, I would have died. <laughs> um. And then, yeah, I, I, I mean, it just like, it was really hard to go through all that with her because 
I think I'm just repeating myself, but no. it was such a slow burn and like such the one burn. person that like I really love, Kenny. Oh my god. Like yeah. reaches out to her and <laughs> and like she's just such a dick and like ugh. I hated it. And then Kenny fucking dies. Like, I don't care. If you're listening to this and you haven't watched Killing Eve season three, get the fuck off this podcast. Kenny dies. And it was, that was, what was that? Episode two or three? Maybe. It, it I think was, it was like one. Was it episode one? I, or I may, just, no, maybe you're right. Maybe it's two. Because I just, I feel like I remember watching it. Because I think that's like right after I stopped was maybe one or two episodes after Kenny died. But like when Kenny died, I was like, wow, this show is trash. Poor Kenny. Like, and we still don't even, the end of season three, we still don't even have a good ex- excuse as to like why he was killed. Yeah. I was so mad when they disrespected him and said he tripped to his own death. Fuck I, you. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm cursing. 100% um, <laughs> though, because fuck that. I was so mad. I was so mad. Especially because I really like Constantine. So the fact that like he said it to you, like really pissed me off. Well, and, and so, and so yes. Okay. Let's put a pin in the Constantine comment. Cause I want to talk about Constantine, but I want to also mention my least favorite part before we move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Constantine. Oh my God. So many things to deal with that, man. I have a lot of issues. We're going to talk about them in a second. I think my least favorite part in this whole season might have been the Helen or whatever, the boss person. I didn't get it. Like, here's the thing. I understand we're dealing with 12 and maybe next season we'll open up some things that like we'll understand more with the 12, right? Whatever. Mm -hmm. That whole part to me made no sense. Like I I get Villanelle like went off the rocker, right? We all know that because she's a little boop boop. Um, And she like killed people that wedding, whatever. So- we're dealing with things, Villanelle's dealing with things, but like, I didn't get the whole Helen part of it, right? Like, mm-hmm. she was a weird character to me, and I think, I maybe, I think in that same vein, my least favorite part of the season was, was um, not Villanelle's personal journey, like her journey into herself, right? Like, she's trying to understand more of who, where she comes from, but her journey in the company, right? Because that's kind of like the two things that happened, is her like, progression through the company and then her like journey through figuring out where she comes from Mm -hmm. and her journey through the company was terrible to me I was like we don't need this like the last episode when she's like trying to get hired by other people I I was just kind of like this feels weird and I'm like she could literally murder all of you so like I don't know why she's being so humble all of a sudden because like she could stab you in the throat and walk away and get away (laughs) with it like it is insane like so I guess that was probably my least favorite part of this whole season. I mean, um, I think you're right, though. Like, I think it's just a buildup for next season, because obviously they're going to take down the 12, right? Like, well, and so, you know, what? let's just open that door. Like, right before we go to break, because I feel like this will lead us right up to break, is I want to understand the 12 a little bit more, right? Because here's, here's so in your comment of they're going to take down the 12 next season, yes, that is obviously going to have to be the storyline. But what bothers me is... How do I phrase? I literally was going to write this today, and I should have just written it. Um, I feel like the show is very practical, right? It's it's very practical on how it deals with like CIA shit and deaths, right? And like Carolyn is probably the most practical character in this entire show, and the fact that she went a little off her rocker is still like within character because it, it fits, right? So, and my thing is saying at the end of season three, Carolyn was basically like the twelve is can never be disbanded, just like own up to it and win. So I. Not for nothing. Okay, I was a little, I'd taken an edible and I was a little bit like, 
wait, is this the end of the show? And I don't know that it's the end of the show. It felt completionist to me. So I'm curious how we go from the 12 is indestructible, right? They have their claws in everything. There is no way you can win and beat them to what the fuck is if what the fuck is next season going to look like, I guess, is, is my question, you know? And like, do you have any thoughts on that? Like, I'm just, I'm very confused. I'm frustrated and you know me, I, I write scripts. I try to write stories. I try to follow stories and I am having a hard time figuring out where the fuck we're going to go. I mean, I feel like, um, and we can dive into this further, um, but my favorite scene was when they are all in that apartment. I think it might've been oh, Carolyn's yes. apartment. And no, before- it was Paul's apartment. Paul's apartment, right. Yes, let's um, talk about it. Yeah. And like, it's just like a culmination. I feel like everyone was um, going down like different lanes and then it finally like brought everything back together. And I feel like it's just like a, you know, um, a preview of next season when this weird team is going to come together and take down the 12. Is that too obvious? I feel like that's where it's going. Okay. You know, and you know what, that is, that is super helpful. Maybe I was clouded by the gummy because I, I, pre- I I also thought that was one of the best scenes of this entire mm-hmm. season. Like when Favorite. when <laughs> when Constantine gets a call from Paul that's like come here and we see the gun we're like oh fuck Carolyn's definitely there right and now we've got Constantine and Eve about to show up at this apartment right they show up and it's like I just I love it because it's so real right if you were Eve you'd be like what the fuck is happening yeah. I was just trying to follow Villanelle and now I'm in this like entwined what the fuck like mm-hmm. what and carolyn's doing her own goddamn thing and you're like god bless carolyn because like she she's also we'll get to favorite characters after the break but yeah um and then when that buzzer went off so my mom and i were watching it and she's like i don't know what this fucking show is and the buzzer went off and joe i was laughing so hard i was <laughs> bust out laughing she's like what's so funny i was like i know who's behind that buzzer and then villanelle showed up and i was like okay, this is the best scene. This is definitely the best scene. Like this is, everything is coming together. So maybe that's right. Maybe Carolyn, Constantine, Eve, and Villanelle are going to be like the fucking troop to take down the 12. They've already killed Paul. I don't know. I guess like maybe it's what, I don't understand what the 12 is. I guess, I don't know. Is it 12 people? And there's like a goal to kill 12 people? Or is it like, I just, maybe, and maybe we're not supposed to understand. Maybe that's part of it. And I, I'm just like, I'm mad that I don't understand it. Yeah. And I think they needed to like, kind of give you the layout of the hierarchy, however weird it felt in this season, just so that we can kind of understand for next season. You know, yes. that's why I think that's the only reason it was there. That's fair. And and I definitely think that this season set up like, like it's like season one and two where they're MI6, right? They're MI6 and they're following Villanelle and there's this whole thing and they're uncovering something bigger. And then season three is like, okay, we found all that shit out. A lot of shit has happened. And now we're this like rogue troop, right? Because we also have her mm-hmm. friends from who bear and the other guy mm-hmm. from the paper or whatever, which I still didn't Jamie? understand. Jamie? Jamie. Jamie. Okay, yes. So We've got Bear and Jamie and like, mm-hmm. uh, Bear, like that's definitely who I am. God bless himself. Um, I wish but, they made him cooler though. Right? Like I'm so like, tired. Like stop being so self-deprecating. You're I great, am Bear. I so tired of the fat self-deprecating character. Like me too. You're adorable. You're funny. You know, you're, you're smart. Smart. Smart as fuck. Yeah. She was like, can you figure out where that credit card was used? Not legally. Okay. That is amazing. (laughs) Like, yes, I need that friend. I wish I could illegally hack into shit. Not really. (laughs) I 
allegedly, allegedly. Um, okay, let's take a little ad break real quick and we'll come back and we'll, we'll continue this conversation. I am very happy about where we're going. This is so great. <laughs> and we're back. Thank you, Anchor, for being my sponsor. I've almost made $1 off of you. It's pretty great. <laughs> Um, okay, so I am, I'm loving this. We're having such a great conversation. Killing Eve, what a great show. Uh, the next question, though, is who is your favorite character in the show and why? And if you have multiples, I would love to hear it. But if you only have one, absolutely, let's go. Let's talk about it. Um, I mean, I love Kenny, RIP. Oh, my God. It's okay, so like, I'm so still not, not over it. I'm not yeah. over it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I get that, like, he was the one person that needed to die for Carolyn to be engaged yeah Yeah. I get that I also didn't like the whole thing with her daughter coming right Geraldine fuck Geraldine (laughs) sorry um she was in Game of Thrones right okay so (laughs) quick side note we're watching this last night and you know my mom she's like playing a video game and she's watching it and I was like god I'm still having a hard time like watching Geraldine and knowing that she was like whatever her face was in Game of Thrones and I was like I was like, yeah, she's in Game of Thrones. She's like, oh, I'm not ready for that show yet. And I was like, that's fair. If for anybody listening, my mom and I are going on like a, a TV journey. I'm trying to open her up to, well, not open her up, just to explore new TV shows. And Game of Thrones is on our list eventually. But I was like, that's fine. You're not ready yet. That's totally fine. But her Game of Thrones character was such a hard ass yeah. and like a fucking boss. And this yeah. character is like, I, I guess I, I love that she can do both of those characters. Yeah, both, like, yeah kudos to her as an actor. Yes, but... I hated that character. So annoying. Anywho, your favorite character, though. Anyway, yeah. Kenny, so R.I.P. Kenny, yes. R.I.P. He did not deserve that. He was the best At person. At all. Mm-hmm. At all. Like, Kenny, season one and two, season two, Kenny kept things going. And even the beginning of season three, right, when he was reaching out to Eve, like, Kenny was the one, you just want to love Kenny because he just cared and you knew yeah. he cared and that was so hard anyway oh you know what is it a, like a more like a symbolism that once kenny died like eve had no more like moral code at okay that okay <laughs> okay yes yeah i think that might be real right because <laughs> kenny was kind of her moral compass and yeah. then he was gone and yeah. she went to carolyn you know she used to go to carolyn for meetings carolyn's not a moral compass carolyn mm. doesn't give a fuck Mm-mm. okay josephine good for mm-hmm. you Oof. yeah that was a fucking deep profound thing <laughs> Here for um but back to your question um yes. so i go back and forth with um whether i like love or hate villanelle that's real she's so captivating like you can't help but to like enjoy her presence every time she's on the screen um and she just like had all these layers and you know like um the fact that like we were able to see a little bit more of who she was and where she came from was great. Although I still hate the Russia episode. It was, I was just so mad. Like what? I thought it, I, I thought I accidentally clicked something else. But she killed her whole family except her little brother that she bonded with. That's why I'm laughing. Cause it's just so absurd. She was like, I'm going to kill this entire family except this little brother that I've never met that I'm going to put in the shed and be like, here's a bunch of money or whatever. You're going to be fine what that was such a weird episode it was so weird like when they were at that like fair yes like oh fucking weird (laughs) but it did it did speak a lot to her history but it was just so fucking weird it's so yeah yeah um and i didn't i feel like the explanation of like why her 
family lost her was like just like too uh mm-hmm. like coke zero it yes. wasn't enough 100%, you know 100 percent. um yeah so like if they were gonna go there i wish they went like deeper and like more raw instead of like putting them in this like weird i don't know it like was they abandoned her yeah it was weird it was weird yeah. Yeah. Also, because Constantine and Dasha made a comment that is still bothering me. When Dasha, right before Dasha died, she was like, Constantine, most of why the way Villanelle is, is your fault. And it's like, well, did they raise her together? Because, like, I didn't think that was the case. And now I'm confused because her mom was the reason she's fucked up. But really, the reason she's fucked up is Constantine's. Like, what is happening? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's. It makes sense that she is the way she is because she never had like that stable parent figure. Like all right. of her role models were batshit. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but that was my like, my least favorite story, like pivoting and scenes. Yeah. And it was just like weird all around. Yeah. Um, but I do want to point out one thing you were saying of like how she um, has a lot of scenes I feel like with children and like I always enjoyed her conversations with kids um I don't know if you remember last season when she was like talking to the kid in the hospital and then yes killed him yep um but like she (laughs) but she's like so like funny with kids and then I realized it's because she is a child and like Helen Helen talks about that later on and I was like oh wow like this is why I enjoyed it because she met them at their age because she just never developed all the way and um, exactly yeah she's so that was a murderer with like a a pubescent brain or a pubescent mindset right? right like right what the fuck yeah yeah villanelle i'm not gonna make her my favorite character because that's just boring on a podcast i will what i will say is i think whoever is doing costume design on this show oh mm. oh villanelle's outfits please so keep good. them coming oh my god when she just want to make this a point. When she fucked up that bitch on the subway in that pantsuit. Ooh, yes. I was like, she's out here fucking in the drip and pushed a bitch and got <laughs> she she got run over by a subway and she's looking fly as shit. Like that was where I was like, okay, no, no. And but then also she then she's in a clown outfit, right? Like in one episode. Like her whoever is doing her costumes, phenomenal. And then the whole Scotland episode, her accents also. I will say Jodie Comer, like you are killing it as an actress. I cannot wait to see you in more things. Much like uh, what's her face from Orphan Black, right? I feel like they are very, I would oh, love to yeah, see she's the two great. of them, right? I would love to see the two of them in a show together because I think they're both so versatile that that mm-hmm. show would be fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Um, Villanelle's not my favorite. I would say Carolyn is my favorite. And this is only because you know me, I love a challenge and Carolyn's a cold hearted bitch. And I'm like, I'm gonna get you to open up. I'm gonna get you to open up. We're gonna cry. Mm. We're gonna get tequila. We're gonna cry about it. Like I love someone who is so emotional. So not not as like a friend, right? I just like I love someone who's so emotionless, like as a person, because I love someone. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna make you open up. Let's talk about this. What's happening? And Carolyn is someone in three seasons where I'm like, when she broke all that shit. So that was the episode I watched yesterday too. When she broke all that shit, I was like, yeah, baby. Gotta break it. Whatever you gotta do. I'm not cleaning up for it, though. You're gonna pay to clean this shit up. That's not happening. I'm not vacuuming this shit up. But I would I think Carolyn's journey and Carolyn, especially this season, 
that I guess like it goes kind of back to what we were talking about before the break, which was that last episode when all of them came together. Carolyn, Carolyn's actions, like not okay, not for nothing, and not to like you know whatever. Fuck it. If you're listening and you're you're, I'm spoiling this for you. Go back and watch it. Like fuck you. But when she had that, she Nico had a gun print on his forehead like she was pressing that gun into his forehead and she killed paul i was like that's why i fuck with carolyn carolyn knows what's up she's mad she gets emotional she's gonna say she's gonna kill somebody else and she killed the she killed the person she knew she needed i was like okay listen but i loved also even that whole moment was like what's that like this is where eve i guess i'm struggling with because she's like carolyn's killing somebody she's like what's happening i don't know what's going on but villanelle had like Oh my god. Villanelle's face in that whole scene was like everything I was feeling like and this is why I love her. That's very true. She was like giddy but then also like she was she was trying to process yes yes she was trying to process it she was trying to figure it out she she was making faces that were like going along with the storyline. It was so good. Phenomenal and and constantly okay let's let's go into I have a couple other questions that I usually ask and and um so is there are there any characters you identify with because not for me really but I I always ask this question to see if there's somebody you identify with maybe I always identify with characters and things I see and I will admit that there was no one in this show that I identified with (laughs) I I I can't imagine I can't imagine someone I I mean not that I can't imagine I'm sure there's somebody I could identify with but this show wasn't something that I like got personally attached to. It was more like, I'm just trying to fucking watch this show and things were pissing me off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But who is the character that you would like to hang with? And I think that that is a very real question. Yeah. Um, for me, it's Constantine. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about it. <laughs> <So excited. laughs> because I feel like he, like, I'd love to know his backstory because he is actually like so such a teddy bear like you know like I feel like he would be under different circumstances he would be like such a good mentor like if he was like a coach you know like I would want him to be my coach he is driven a lot by love for his daughter and a weird that whole, that version whole of love was fucking weird oh my god I hate Irina um but anyway She's a, yeah piece of shit. <laughs> um but yeah and like love for Villanelle Mm -hmm. or whatever version of love that is like even when he had the gun pointed at his head the last thing that he he was saying before he thought he was going to die was Villanelle you know like help me do something you know so like they I love that relationship that they have and like um he's probably the only father figure that she really had right like yeah um but that's going to her not about Constantine. I I just think Constantine is very smart. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wish we could get into his head a little and see like where his um, motivations are for certain like plans that he implements. So yeah, I I love his character. I have three things to say on Constantine. One, the the continuation of his people in the dark storyline might've been my favorite thing right? Mm -hmm. How everyone's always waiting in the dark for him leading up to this heart attack, right? Being like, oh, oh, why do people always wait in the dark? I laughed every time it happened. And when the real heart attack happened, I found myself giggling and I was like, okay, we need to evaluate that. I know we need to evaluate it. We're going to deal with it later. 
Second thing I want to say about Constantine is <laughs> I think his laugh was infectious. When he laughs, I want to laugh. Like yeah. Constantine's laugh, so infectious. Third thing I want to say is I might want to fuck Constantine. Like I'm dealing with it. I don't, I got it. I, when Carolyn had slept with him, I'm like, no baby, I can get it. He has this like gravitas about him that like, okay. You know, it, it, the one moment that it didn't work for me was when he was like, Villanelle, save me. I was like, this is not in your character. I don't know who this person is mm-hmm. begging for his life. Even when he was like, I don't want to die when he was having the Ataturk heart attack. I was like, no, no, that's still super hot. But like when it was, when he was begging for Villanelle to save him, I was like, I want to dive into this because I don't believe what you're saying right now. I mean, who knows how people behave in their moment of like last words, right? Like real talk though. (laughs) I've never had a gun pointed at my face. God bless. Yeah. Um, So I've never had to be in that experience. Um, So I think that Constantine is definitely a character. Yes, I would love to hang with. I think the other character that I might love to hang with is Nico and I don't know okay I that's fair okay that's we need to talk fair. about this tell Let's me why I think I really like Nico so I think that Nico's like my straight guy friend that I'm like you know what I mean like he's that straight guy friend that's like oh he is like such a boring life but then it becomes weirdly interesting and you're like see this is why I always kept you around for all those years and then we become much closer because he had a fucking pitchfork in his throat and he didn't die and I'm like oh my god I want to learn all about this so for me Nico is that friend that I'm like like he was that friend that's like he did boring shit and we're like okay we got drunk once a month together and it's like oh my god it's so nice to see you blah 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 and then he (laughs) this is gonna sound so terrible that he got really interesting and I was like oh my god we need to be best friends because why are you so fucking interesting right Wait, now so the most interesting that he got was that he survived the pitchfork yeah that was the most interesting. does that say a lot no it really doesn't but he wasn't a mental institution too so I mean like that's kind of you know interesting it's less interesting it's actually a little bit heartbreaking but you know I mean your girlfriend died next to you who I don't know how to deal with any of that I mean, what? okay, yeah. I I sympathize because Eve is probably the worst thing that's ever happened to Nico. <laughs> so it's, it's not funny. It's not funny. It's a little funny. It's not fair because he is a good person. Yes. But we're not hanging out with him. No, not at all. Not He's at all. He's so boring. There's n- he brings nothing to the storyline except that Eve is conflicted. Well, and I think that's maybe why he's my favorite character is because he is so boring and he continues to be in the show. I mean, up till season three, episode whatever, this man is still in this show. Like, what? So I'm like, maybe that's why you're my favorite character because there's obviously something about you that has kept you in, kept you in this storyline. Like, Eve keeps going back to you. But maybe it also speaks more to that moment they have on the bridge when she's like, I used to be these people who were so blissfully unaware of the things Mm -hmm. happening around them. I don't know, but I really just like Nico. I feel like, you know, he could have been a bad, I feel like he could have been a badass, but he just chose a different path. (laughs) You know what though? I mean, go ahead, babe. I think the reason I'm, disagreeing with you is because the question is which character do you wish you would hang out with right that's true right right and i would not hang out with nico that's fair that's fair that's fair i mean if if there's really okay you know what you caught me in a lie if there's one character i'd probably hang out with it's carolyn 
I love Carol. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I want to be Carol. She's a badass. Friend, I like her. But I want to, she's emotionless, but I want to be her best friend. I'm like, I know you're never going to say I love you. I'm going to say I love you every day because I'm insecure and I want you to know I love you, but you're never going to say it. And I'm still going to try to be your friend. Like she is someone I would definitely, yeah, I would hang out with. I'd come up, show up for dinner, which is groceries and be like, what? I bought four options. What do you feel like eating? Because I didn't know what you wanted. And she's never going to give it to you because you're trying so hard. And and that would make me try harder. You're Geraldine. I know. I know. I <laughs> deal with that at some other point in my life. Oh, my God. Um, I did want to make one comment, though. The whole Mo, Mo storyline really mm. fucked me up. Like yeah. that, her assistant, when my thing was like, so I was talking to my mom when I was watching this. And I was like, listen, if I was... <laughs> so terrible and and whatever just re- let me say if I was more into working out and like being physically fit that's just like not my mo that's not who I am but if I was more that person all of my other like attributes and personalities would make me a CIA agent or like MI6 like I would be perfect I love snooping I love knowing shit about people that I shouldn't like that is my fucking goal in life and so Mo's out here fucking on the phone telling her secrets about Paul. And I'm like, bitch, shut the fuck up. You got fucking, you know, sweater vest over here on a park bench. You're definitely going to drown your ass. Mm-hmm. And so that that part, like, I guess it's hard to pick who I would hang out with because I, I don't think I want to hang out with the main characters. I feel like they're doing the most, right? Like, I do want to hang out with Carolyn because she's a badass bitch. But, like, you know, her, Constantine, Eve, Villanelle, Dasha... Paul are all doing the fucking most like I'm like I don't I don't need that drama in my life right so I don't want to pick the Moe's and the Nikos so I can have a more like (laughs) sorry there was a bug I'm sorry (laughs) I can have a more like simplified like I know I'm doing because not for nothing probably if I'm friends with anybody I'm friends with those four fucking people and I'm out here like trying to kill people or whatever the fuck they're doing I'm like yeah I'm just that's what we're doing right now so I'm trying to hang out with Nico and fucking Mo because they're doing nothing (laughs) or Kenny well Kenny I think we can agree on Kenny we can I think that's the one we have to agree on I mean Um, I I will say Carolyn um in that omelet scene was like my favorite do you remember that when she was like you don't deserve nope. an omelet and then eve sat down she said something nice she's like well you get the omelet and then she and then- said i'm looking for villanelle she's like oh wait no you definitely don't <laughs> that was my I, okay so if i'm gonna say something about the show i have laugh out loud moments because the writers of this show are so brilliant well the writers and the actors right i think that it's a combination it's a full-fledged effort but they wrote some dialogue that was fucking hilarious and the actors played on it. And Carolyn, in that omelet moment, I laughed so hard. And I was like, so good. she's talking about an omelet. What's so funny? I'm like, no, you don't understand. That is the funniest fucking thing that has happened in a moment because Carolyn's like, oh, clearly you don't deserve this omelet. Like, you're still a fucking idiot. Like, okay, we're going to back up this omelet offer. It, yes, okay. That was such a good point. Such a good point. Um. Yeah. Although I have to admit that um, I still see Aunt Petunia when she comes on screen, which is okay. why I have a little problem with like loving Carolyn. Okay, so this is this is actually something we can talk about because I I too right I, Carolyn has been in a billion um, British. She's a huge 
famous British actress, right? Mm -hmm. But Harry Potter was the one thing I think is, for us, is the biggest thing that we know her from, right? She was always Aunt Petunia. But she's been in a million other things. But I, too, kind of go back to that, right? Because it's Aunt Petunia. She's also been in, like, you know, let me just take a moment and be like, oh, my God, what the fuck else has she been in? But she's been in, oh, my God, she was in True Blood. Like, she's done a million other things. But even in True Blood, I had a hard time with her because she's this fucking witch and she's trying to be American. I'm like, no, no, no. You're Aunt Petunia. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> you hate it on Harry, which also Harry's a piece of shit. That's another podcast we have to do at another time. Anywho, Aunt Petunia. <laughs> yes. Sorry. I went on a tangent. No, I love it. And I know we're like anti-Harry Potter right now. We're anti-JK Rowling. I want to be very clear. You're right. We're anti-JK right. Rowling and we're anti the fact that she didn't make Harry Potter as diverse as it should have been, right? Like London is also a melting pot. There are a million different races, cultures, you know, ethnicities, sexual identities in London as there are, or in the UK as there are in America. So we're anti JK Rowling. I want to be very clear. Love Harry That's Potter. Funny. He could have been better. I mean, Harry Potter is a piece of shit, but the other characters are great. <laughs> yeah, we really should do a Harry Potter because anyway. I, re- I really <laughs> want to do one. And Stefan, if you listen, baby, yeah, you got to be on it because that one night. At no, least, she cannot be on it because I it, feel like she has to be though. It angers her so much when we talk about it. But I feel like she has to be on it because that night at Lucy's fucked me up so much <laughs> when she went on that spiel, and I was like, I had never thought about it this way, and I have never been the same. So I feel like we need yeah. to have a discussion. <laughs> Anywho, Ampetunia, Carolyn, terrible, but also love her. Um, um, I had one more Harry Potter yes, please. reference. The little brother, stepbrother, the Russia episode of Villanelle. Yes. The way he was like punishing himself, like every time I was like, is this Dobby? Like what is happening? Oh my God. That whole episode was so fucking weird. It made, it made sense and it didn't make sense, right? Like the only thing that made sense was her and her mom's like dialogue at the very end before she killed everybody, which I was like, oh hey she's gonna kill everybody great um everything else was just so weird there were so many moments in that episode that i just like was not okay with um okay so before we you know round out this episode because we are we are encroaching an hour probably with ads and everything already wow yeah i know right with ads i mean my ads are about two minutes so you know add those in minus editing yada yada i'm drunk um what representation did this bring to TV for you? Um, I think just going back to what we were saying at the top of the episode, um, you know, Sandra O, oh, I think is um, such a strong proponent of, you know, Korean culture and like um, she's a strong ally. Um, I think I didn't mention this earlier when we were talking about the Emmys, but for last year's Emmys, she wore uh, a Black Lives Matter jacket that was in Korean and like had yes. Korean detailing and yes. stuff. So it's Which like- I wanted so bad, but I was like, that's appropriation, don't uh, but No, I not even that. So it was like sold out like this. Like there's no way we were going to get one. I just wanted it so bad. It was so, it was beautiful in so many levels, right? The yeah. amount of levels, it was beautiful. Anyway, continue. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I love the fact that, you know, she showed a lot of Korean-ness within but like it didn't feel forced you know like um her just being at a korean market or her working at the korean restaurant um which also like the 
background dialogue that was spoken in Korean was pretty good. Like a lot of times in TV shows, like they'll cast other Asians and like have them speak terrible Korean. Yes. Um, but these Koreans seems more legit. Or they at least knew how to speak Korean. So okay. That was nice. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Here for that fucking shit. <laughs> I, I will say, I feel like the BBC probably does a better effort in it than any American company, right? Fair. Um, yeah. And then I just love the fact that, like we were saying before, that she was an Asian lead, but she was, that wasn't part of the storyline at all. Yep. Like, it, and no one, commented on her Asian-ness she was just allowed to coexist which was beautiful absolutely and then I'm gonna I'm gonna echo that in that like you know there was her and there was Jamie is that what we said his name was fuck Mm -hmm. yep Mm -hmm. and Jamie and there was just these characters of of different ethnicities and and cultures that I think that it was just like that's who they are and that is they're bringing something to the show we're not talking about it We're, we're not not that we're not talking about it and that we're ignoring it right we want to be clear but like they're bringing their own culture to it. And I, I, everything you said, I think is, is, is so much what this show brings in representation. It's still to me a little too white, right? It's a still a little, it's, it's popular British TV, right? Popular British TV still is real fucking white, right? We're still, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if we're going to go to the king of fucking, um, Oh my God, what's the word that we call myself? Colonizers. The king of colonizers. <laughs> I was like, what do we call white people? That is, was that Ollie, by the way? Was he just, yeah. Oh my Sorry. God, Ollie, I love you so much. Um, the, the, the UK is the king of colonizers, right? So obviously the BBC, they're still going to make it super white, but I do appreciate, right? They have this Korean character who is in that, and her story is not about being Korean. But what I think I loved about this show is the fact that her and her husband are both immigrants and that was not the storyline right like yeah i think that that can is something that's it's it's sad that it's huge that being an immigrant is is a big storyline um because hi look at the you know the uk is is a hodgepodge of so many cultures yeah. especially right um but i think i love that and i love that villain now like she was russian which is you know whatever but she was so i think this is something that i deal with with european shows right there the representation it brings is that it's so worldly like they she was in barcelona she's in wherever like every show was a every episode was a different like italy like whatever you know mm-hmm. every episode was a different thing and it was just like that's what they do right and that they're in this different country and we experienced that i mean we we met in paris i mean that was literally our life for like the first six months we knew each other mm-hmm. it was just every weekend we're in a different fucking country and you're speaking a different language and learning a different culture and like that is what europe is and, and and in some ways that is what the best parts of europe is is that it is such a cultural fucking hodgepodge continent that that makes zero sense and also makes the most sense right you know and then we come from the states and we're a continent of like you know the same and different but in different ways you know anyway um yes i love that i think your representation is obviously the best part about it right is is mm-hmm. she's so unapologetically korean and i loved and i guess like you know for me it was like i was watching that and i was like yes queen because like she didn't she didn't have to put those moments in the show right of her right. going to the korean market she didn't have to do any of that she didn't but she did and i think that that, that speaks volumes right yeah. and it's 
adding to this like cultural references that we're talking about. And I think that's yeah. huge. Um, yeah, like we keep hearing representation matters and like, I know it's been kind of swept under the rug for several years, but like it Decades. does. It, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, even just this push in the industry to have more diverse writers, have more diverse producers, you know, like how do we lower the barrier of entry into the yeah. industry because people behind the scenes do make differences on what's distributed in America, you know? Absolutely. I mean, it goes down to the lighting person, right? Like right. a white person doesn't know how to light someone who isn't white as better as someone who is of the same ethnicity, right? Like right. it goes down to the lighting, to the to the the costumes, to the hair, right? This is a big thing that has been talked about on Instagram lately is like, you know, black actresses specifically have been dealing with white people trying to do their hair for shows. And it's like, the fuck? That doesn't make any sense. A, we're not creating jobs for, for a diverse people. And then diverse people in the sense of like, okay, so we're just creating jobs for white people. What the fuck? And then, you know, there's just so many facets to it. And I, I completely agree. I, I, everything you said, I'm drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I can't tell if you're drunk or not yet. I appreciate um. that. See, this is what happens. <laughs> Everyone listening, this is, this is what happens. Mitchell goes from zero to 500. So the next episode we're going to do, I'm going to be blackout wasted. <laughs> Gonna and there's like, going to be a lot of controversial things to talk about on the we next actually, one. Yeah, it actually hit me on a spiritual level on the next one, but we're going to talk about that in the next episode. But um, last call for alcohol. Thank you so much for being on the show. Do you have any kind of final thoughts on Killing Eve? Maybe like what you, what's, I guess, you know, my last call on alcohol for this episode is what is one thing, here's my last call on alcohol for the next, uh, for this episode is, do you think one of the two people, Villanelle or, or Eve, are going to die in the next season? And if so, which one do you think is going to die? Because I feel like it's going to happen. I think Villanelle is going to die saving Eve. Absolutely. 100%. Okay, I can't, I can't disagree with that. That's my same thing. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I think Villanelle is going to sacrifice herself for Eve. Um, and I want us to do, so I'm going to ask it right now, season four, follow up, so we can figure and also a season finale or series finale really um so i'm gonna make you be on that episode absolutely <laughs> you didn't you promise that you'll be on you'll have me on never have i ever season two no i need I, to get this in recording i apologize so um in this episode i'm gonna say <laughs> joe and v are gonna be on never have i episode never wow okay joe. <laughs> never have i ever episode, <laughs> season two <laughs> episode two okay thank you so much for being on this episode oh my god like this has been so much fun I'm obsessed with this I'm so glad like I didn't realize that like this is your first solo recording with me and and to me we've re solo recorded so many times because we've been friends for so long so this is this has been a blast I'm I'm so happy and I can't wait for our next episode love you me too love you thank you for having me cheers cheers Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you don't want the fun to end, make sure to check out our parent company's website, WeaverBeaverProductions.com, and join our Patreon. Cheers, and we'll see you next week.